All set. All right. Just a reminder, if you're not speaking, um, if you have a question or comment, definitely take your mic off because we can't always see everybody when we got a whole bunch of people. Sometimes you just need to speak up. And when you're not speaking, just if you remember, mute your microphone so we don't get too much feedback. Thanks. All right. Whew. I'm going to take a deep breath and say hi to everybody. Hello. Hi. I see you. Hello. We do have some new folks here. Uh, so um, welcome. Thanks for, for uh, joining us at School for a Course in Miracles. Um, I a moment. Oops. All right. I don't know why that's talking to me. And let's see here. to change my view. All right. Can everybody see this chart that's yes. behind me? Yes. Is there anybody? Okay. It's Just a reminder, if, you, uh, if you're familiar with Zoom, you have a choice of um, speaker view or gallery view. If you put it on speaker view, um, and it's usually in the upper right-hand corner, that choice. Uh, you can see the, whole, the chart a whole lot better. All right, welcome everybody. Today, um, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. And um, as we all know, I'm sure everybody here knows, um, even if you are here for the first time, you probably have heard somewhere or other that A Course in Miracles is about forgiveness. It's um, about uh, Jesus uh, teaching on how we learn, learn to be like him. Uh, in the, the section on uh, uh, the definitions where it's Jesus and uh, Christ, oh, my sign fell down. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to excuse myself for just a minute, Jim. Tim, can you take over while I see if I can hang this, this blinding uh, <laughs> light cover up, up? I'll be right back with you. Sure. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> so um, if you had a chance to look at any of the um, videos that the School for Course in Miracles um, we put on basic introductory kind of things. Um, um, that's good. <laughs> and if you haven't had a chance yet to uh, take a look at them, um, it, it's, it's really helpful to see those basic introductions um, to the course, to just to get familiar with what we call the chart, uh, which depicts the three levels of experience the course talks about. So that just yeah, that kind of in your um, awareness when when we're discussing all these different topics. So there's the top level for, you know, it's not really a geographical place, <laughs> but the top level is heaven, our experience of oneness in heaven. The middle level is our experience as a mind, M-I-N-D, which is shouldn't be associated with the brain. When Jesus talks about M-I-N-D, mind in the course, he's talking about uh, 
an experience, an internal experience, not the brain, but this internal place inside of all of us where uh, we choose one of two teachers, one of two guides, uh, one of two voices. <laughs> we're always listening, we're always hearing voices, but there's only two voices. <laughs> there's the voice of the ego, uh, which is the voice of separation and blame and judgment, or the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is the voice of forgiveness. So in the course, it's okay if you're hearing voices. <laughs> you just want to choose the right voice to listen to. <laughs> so, and, and the better, better choice is always the Holy Spirit or Jesus. Um, it's a helpful thing to do. Um, in terms of forgiveness, um, one way of looking at forgiveness is, is, is the course kind of lays out over its 13 pages how we seemingly left heaven and move through this experience of the mind, M-I-N-D, and then um, eventually wound up believing we're all bodies, looking at other bodies on a screen, dealing with other bodies in our life. And what the Course is trying to really get us to do through this process of forgiveness is to back up and move back up through those steps we took to leave our experience of oneness in heaven, or believe we did, and, and, and kind of retrace those steps. So we, we realize we never left heaven, which is um, the atonement principle in the course. It isn't the traditional idea of atonement um, in Christianity. Atonement in the course is, traditional Christianity talks about atonement, tr tradition, certainly traditional Catholicism talks about atonement as Jesus coming and dying for our sins. He atoned for our sins. In the Course, it's all, atonement's a whole different trip. Atonement in the Course is all about nothing happened. There is no sin. We just seem to step outside of heaven and make this all up. So the whole process of forgiveness, really one way of looking at forgiveness in the Course is it's all made up. <laughs> uh, whenever I'm upset, that's made up. <laughs> um, and whoever I'm upset at is made up. <laughs> And I don't have to be upset if I ask the Holy Spirit to look at all of this a different way, to look at you a different way and to look at me a different way. So Jesus really does define, redefine forgiveness in the Course. He redefines atonement, he redefines forgiveness, he redefines healing. And Lynn, are you ready? I'm about <laughs> ready to keep going for an hour here. Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay, okay, good. <laughs> I think I am, if things don't fall down. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. I, I appreciate it. And let me change this to a, a speaker view here. All right. So um, I, um, forgiveness, um, if, if, if forgiveness is probably one of the missed understood uh, aspects or uh, functions that the course um, teaches us. Um, I've been working in the last few days in um, the Song of Prayer. Many of you may, may know it. It's also in the back of our um, uh, workbook and text. Um, but this is, this is the, the very old original version of the Song of Prayer. And, and as you know, um, 
or maybe not, that the Song of Prayer came as a correction several years after the course, because um, it was already apparent that we had gone off the rails with three major ideas. One of them is prayer, uh, the other is healing, and the one we're going to talk about today is forgiveness. And th this is what um, the song, Song of Prayer, I'm just going to read you a paragraph, but this is what the Song of Prayer, what Jesus says in the Song of Prayer about um, the misunderstanding about forgiveness. He says, no gift of heaven has been more misunderstood than has forgiveness. It has, in fact, become a scourge, a curse where it was meant to bless, a cruel mockery of grace, a parody upon the holy peace of God. Yet those who have not yet chosen to begin the steps of prayer cannot but use it thus. Forgiveness's kindness is obscure at first because salvation is not understood nor truly sought for. So we're, we're going to uh, look at some of the mistakes that we have made with A Course in Miracles. Yes, including our course. We have mistaken ideas about forgiveness. And uh, certainly um, we've seen other ideas about forgiveness, forgiveness in, um, in other spiritualities that um, right from the beginning were very different from A Course in Miracles. So um, I think it's important that we um, we look at this and we understand that we, we um, need, may, may need to make some corrections. Um, maybe you don't, but um, certainly some of us here may need to make some corrections in, in our ideas about forgiveness. Uh, one, of, one of the primary ideas that I find most students get confused about is they, they think that they're the one that does the forgiving. And uh, forgiveness is, is not something that we do. So, um, and, and we'll cover that um, this, this, uh, this afternoon. So the first thing I wanna do is just start with a paragraph or so from uh, one of the lessons in the course. Uh, it is lesson 122 and the lesson is forgiveness offers everything I want. So um, I'll read a paragraph and then we'll take a minute to center ourselves. I particularly need to after trying to rearrange my curtains <laughs> to just uh, settle in. So forgiveness offers everything I want. What could you want that forgiveness cannot give? Do you want peace? Forgiveness offers it. Do you want happiness? A quiet mind? A certainty of purpose? And a sense of worth 
and beauty that transcends this world? Do you want care and safety and the warmth of sure protection always? And do you want a quietness that cannot be disturbed, a gentleness that never can be hurt, a deep and abiding comfort and a rest so perfect it can never be upset. All this forgiveness offers you and more. It sparkles on your eyes as you awake and gives you joy with which to meet the day. It soothes your forehead while you sleep and rests upon your eyelids so you see no dreams of fear and evil, malice and attack. And when you wake again, it offers you another day of happiness and peace. All this forgiveness offers you and more. Take a few minutes of quiet together. And gently keep the peace and be here as you open your eyes. So we have this uh, chart. And uh, as Tim mentioned, if you put it on speaker view, it will be uh, easier for you to see the entire thing. Um, the chart is uh, pretty much the, the general chart that we use when we're teaching. It's broken up in the same way, but I have added a few things. Um, at the top is the uh, sign that we usually have, that I usually have at the, the top of my two circles and uh, it says life is in the mind. You can't quite see it probably on, on your screen, but right under that is uh, uh, God, heaven, Christ, and the mind. And these are all capital letters. These are um, all uh, what is called level, level one. And the course is really uh, not about um, us getting there 
uh, it's preparing us to go there, but uh, our work we will find is here in, in the middle, which we call the mind. And that's where all the work goes on in A Course of Miracles. Uh, the mind, as I heard Tim mention, is not the brain. It's not our typical thinking. It's um, the mind is um, where you are actually. Uh, just below the line, you'll notice this uh, circle, which reflects the tiny mad idea. Uh, the idea that we could be uh, separate from God and go off on our own. And then right below it is a circle and the letters DM there are uh, the decision maker. And in spite of what we believe, we typically believe we're here in a world, in bodies, in time and space, actually the mind that we're speaking about does not live in the body at all. The mind that we're talking about in A Course of Miracles is here. You are here. You are not here. You are here in the mind as a decision maker. Now, usually when uh, anyone comes to A Course of Miracles uh, and they're new to it, they don't even know that they have a mind. That idea that there's a, a mind that is different from the brain is, is entirely new to them. So um, that really begins the journey when we learn that we have a choice to make as this decision-making mind. And it is between um, the two parts of a split mind. When we had the tiny mad idea, we had two ways of looking at it. One way was the way the Holy Spirit would look at it. And that was nothing happened. It would be a smile and oh, <laughs> nothing happened because nothing real did happen. And this is our first uh, introduction to the Holy Spirit's um, way of uh, forgiveness. The Holy Spirit's way of forgiveness is not to make the error real. The Holy Spirit sees that nothing happened. We could believe that something happened, but in his eyes, nothing happened. And that's why uh, the, the, the actual work of forgiveness is done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sees past error. He does not make error real. On the other side, we have the ego, which unfortunately is the voice we chose to listen to. And the ego said something really bad happened and it really happened and it was a terrible thing and um you are uh it was a sin it was a sin 
and it, a sin is cannot be um, corrected, cannot be changed. Sin is eternal. It goes with you and you're, you're damned forever. So the ego said, this terrible thing happened. Now you are filled with guilt. You'll see under the ego, sin, guilt, and fear. And so you're sinful, you're guilty, and you should be afraid because you're going to be punished. So sin, guilt, and fear, uh, of course, are the realm of the ego. And they re uh, reflect sin was in the past, uh, guilt is in the present when we feel terrible for what we did, and the future is uh, fear is represented in the future. We're afraid that we're going to be punished. So these, these are our two, two choices and they remain the only power that we actually have while we imagine that we're here in this world. Our mind is here as a decision maker and we always have uh, the choice between the voice of the Holy Spirit that says nothing happened or the voice of the ego, again, that says uh, you are guilty and um, you should be afraid because you will be punished. So the ego counsels that we need to get out of the mind because if we hang out here in the mind, we can always go back to the decision maker and instead of continuing to choose the ego, we decide to make a better choice and we choose the Holy Spirit as our teacher. So here's the word content here. When the course talks about content, the, the question is what is the content of the mind? What is the condition of your mind? Is the mind, um, with the Holy Spirit, is the mind at peace? Or is the mind with the ego, is the ego pull it, pulling the strings and making uh, all of our decisions for us? And so that determines what the content is. Is it going to be the Holy Spirit's love or it's going to be the ego's fear? And that would be the content of our mind. So the ego counsels, we got to get out of the mind because any moment you could choose again and you could choose the Holy Spirit and that would be the end of the ego. So the getting out of the mind looked like what I guess scientists call the big bang. Um, it's, it's in uh, psychological terms, it's called projection. And so we took what was in the mind, sin, guilt, and fear, and we projected it out away from us to get rid of mainly this horrific guilt that's in the mind and to make a place, a world where um, we could actually get rid of that guilt. So we made a, a world of, of bodies and um, the idea being that we can, since we now have learned projection, you can get rid of something by putting it outside of ourselves. 
we decide we decided that we could put guilt in our brother. And by doing that, we could get rid of it. Nice plan, but it didn't it didn't work because whatever we project is still remains in the mind. So even though it now appears that um, everybody else is guilty, but not me, um, the actual fact of the matter is that the guilt is still in my mind, but because I have it hidden in somebody else, I don't ever have to look at it. So the way in which uh, Jesus teaches us that we can, uh, that this can be corrected is our good friend, the Holy Spirit. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is the one that can look at the error and not make it real. So the plan, uh, the Holy Spirit's plan, is that if, if we are willing to recall our projection, our guilt that we have put in our brother and say, the error isn't out there in him. The mistake isn't out there in him. He is not the guilty one that is the cause of my misery and pain and suffering um, because this is, this is out there. This is a projection. And where that really belongs is, is, is in my mind. So um, the, the world then, what we call the world, including the physical world and the bodies, and of course, time and, and space, um, um, this becomes the classroom. This becomes the arena, if you will, or you know, if you prefer the battleground, because it, it is, it is, in a sense, a battleground. Uh, once, once we left um, and chose the ego, from there on, um, our, our uh, state of mind was one of scarcity and one of lack, uh, because we no longer know our so source. We have chosen to leave our our source and, and go into a far country. And we took with us uh, the sin, the guilt, the fear, the scarcity, uh, the lack, and it's all a part of um, what now appears to be in our minds. So how does, how does this get undone, um, this world? of um, uh, special, what we call special hate and special love relationships. These, um, these special relationships are, are um, 
either uh, savior idols. In other words, uh, this person is going to save me. You know, I've found the right one. I've found the perfect one, or I've found the perfect thing, or I've found the perfect house or the whatever it is. And it's going to bring me peace and happiness. So these are all the substitutions that we made and continue to make um, in, in, the, in the dream world. Or it can be um, special hate where uh, we place our guilt and um, we are constantly on the lookout for enemies. And those, those enemies help us to keep our guilt safe. Everybody else, all the enemies are out there and I don't have to look at um, the guilt that's in my mind. And that's, uh, my, that's the security of our, our specialness. So the only one that can help us out here is the Holy Spirit who knows that what we think happened has not, has not happened. Um, the Holy Spirit is the home of true forgiveness, um, not, um, not the kind of forgiveness that first makes the error real, makes um, the sin real, and then, um, lowers themselves to be uh, the better person to forgive uh, the baser person that, that did the horrible sin. That is, is forgiveness to separate. That is um, forgiveness, of course, calls it to destroy. What happens in the world between bodies is we actually weaponize, to use a current term, we weaponize forgiveness and we use it to make one better than the other um, and to reinforce inequality. Um, here, I'll read you a couple of things from this, um, this pamphlet that I was talking about. Um, let me see. we go. Well, the first one I spoke of, it's, it's the one of, uh, uh, he calls it a gracious lordliness, you know, <laughs> or it could be I, I'm, I'm such a good spiritual person that, you know, I'm going to forgive. Uh, I, I'm going to forgive what you did. And in A Course in Miracles, no, you did not do anything because this is all all an imagined uh, dream world. So a second way is um, oh we're both sinful. <laughs> In other words, if somebody spoke of themselves as being being sinful instead of passing that by and knowing that that isn't that isn't the truth and asking the Holy Spirit to show me their, the truth of who they are, uh, 
the other person jumps in and says, I'm a sinner too. Oh, now we're both bad. Well, you know, how could that in any way be a reminder that we're both God's children and that we're both equal and both the same if we both join in how bad and evil we are? So that's a, another way uh, forgiveness can be, uh, be weaponized in this case against God. And another way is um, being a martyr, you know, tolerating um, uh, almost the unthinkable and um, raising one's, one's self up to be uh, saintly and good in spite of the mistreatment. And another way can be a bargain, you know, I'll forgive you if, if you do this for me, you know, I'll let you off your hook, the hook if you do this for me. So that, that's just a few ways that forgiveness can be mis, misused or weaponized in order to maintain uh, specialness. Um, now, before we go into the Holy Spirit's plan of forgiveness, um, uh, I'm going to stop for a minute and see if there are any uh, questions here or comments. Yeah. Okay. I've got my screen open so I can see. So, Stephen, did you have something? I thought you were reading. No. All right. Okay. Lynn, could, yes. could you read the uh, sticky notes on, on your chart? They're um, a little, little hard to, hard to read. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, where do I want to start? All right, this is a good one right here. So this is where we think we are in the world. And um, this says, when you made visible what is not true, all of this, what is visible became invisible to you. I'll tell you where that is in case you want to use it as a reminder. It's on page 234 in the text. And it's paragraph three at the top of the page. When you made visible what is not true, what is true became invisible to you. Yet it cannot be invisible in itself for the Holy Spirit sees it with perfect clarity. The Holy Spirit sees what is true with perfect clarity. It is invisible to you because you are looking at something else. We're always looking with the eyes, listening with the ears, and eyes don't see and ears don't hear. They just are self-fulfilling uh, propaganda. In other words, we've already decided we're bodies, we're separate, we're here in the dream. And so now we look out and we get all the evidence. Yes, indeed, we're here, we're in bodies and we're living in a dream. So, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit sees reality with perfect clarity. Again, invisible to you because you're looking at something else. 
yet is no more up to you to decide what is visible or what is invisible, then it is up to you to decide what reality is. What can be seen is what the Holy Spirit sees. The definition of reality is God's, not yours. So, I mean, that's, that's a, you know, up the side of the head. The only one that can see is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, the only one that can teach us what seeing is, is Jesus or the Holy Spirit or Christ. You could use the word Christ. Christ's eyes, Holy Spirit eyes, not the body's eyes and not the body's ears. So we have some learning to do. And this we can't forgive without the Holy Spirit who knows perfectly um, that nothing, nothing happened. Before, um, before you go on, Lynn Altman had something. Yes, Lynn. Just the same thing. I was straining to see the, the, the words. <laughs> Perfect. You're doing just what I wanted. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Good. The, all two right. the two comments, uh, well, not two, but the, the comment that Ken Wapnick, who, who is our favorite course teacher, for sure, um, in moving from this experience, uh, inner experience of the mind, where we choose either the ego or the Holy Spirit and projecting that out onto the world, Ken was always emphatic. There were two reasons to do that. Two reasons to go from this inner experience of even choosing the ego to whatever world we made up and then everything from inside got projected onto the outside. The first reason was we forgot we had a mind. That's huge. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was like the, the major purpose is I don't, I, I don't have any awareness at all. I have this internal place where I'm choosing between two teachers. That's just gone because now I'm so preoccupied with the world and with what your body is doing to my body <laughs> and what my body is doing every day when it gets up that all these issues that bodies have, I've totally forgotten there's this in internal choice. And the other giant reason for projecting it onto the world is that now the source of pain is not coming from me. I'm not choosing, you know, I, I have no awareness I made this silly choice to believe in separation and, and believe that I'm in a lot of pain because of this silly choice. The pain doesn't go away. The feeling of guilt doesn't go away. But when I project it onto the world, now I say the source of the pain is out there in the world. What bodies do to other bodies. What diseases can do to my body. What bad finances can do to my body. I say the, the, the pain is coming from all these external things. So those two reasons are gigantic. One is I forget I have a mind where all this started. And I now am blaming my lack of peace on something external. Because the only way we're, I mean, if we don't get a handle on those two purposes of the ego, we won't, 
we won't have a sense of what it means to go back and, and try something else mm-hmm. because we won't be aware of those two purposes of the ego. So it's really, I think it's really helpful to be aware of those two things. Yeah, yeah. This, um, this uh, cover that we have, you know, for the, the guilt that's within us, we're not, um, you know, we're, we're not exactly interested in forgiveness in, in, the, in the beginning. It doesn't, um, you know, we, we really like to have enemies. <laughs> We like to have bad guys out there. We like to have people, you know, seemingly taking our peace away and causing us suffering um, because it keeps us hopelessly pre- pre- preoccupied with, uh, with all of those problems that they cause us, <laughs> that they cause us, right? Raylene, Raylene had a comment or something. Oh, so my question is, is like, the tiny mat idea is the thought that I guess sometimes I see the course miracles as this doom and gloom, get out of guilt and we all got to get out of the matrix kind of thing versus we made this choice to separate. We forgot. And now we're trying to figure out how to get back. And really it's going to be fun and, and joyous once we do that. It, so yeah. Any comments on that? Um. Well, I think, I think the fact that we need do nothing except get out of the way is a pretty joyous fact that, uh, you know, I'm not the one that does this. I'm not the one that um, uh, heals. I'm not the one that forgives. And I'm not the one um, that, that, you know, does any of it. It's... It's all unlearning. A Course in Miracles is all unlearning. How to get out of the way, how to undo, how to let go, how to turn it over. And I think now that this is such an important point to to get across, now to learn that true forgiveness is not something we do to, to or for another body. It's not something that happens between bodies. It happens with my choice for the Holy Spirit. And yes, my brother is the motivation for it because I want to see my brother differently. But I'm the one that needs to see him differently. When I'm seeing in my brother, the sin I am seeing in my brother, the guilt that I'm seeing in my brother is my guilt. So that my brother is essential to me to invite the Holy Spirit into that relationship and watch and see the Holy Spirit working through my brother in relationship to me. This, this is where we truly begin to realize our, um, our unity that my brother and I are joined in one mind and that one mind is our common teacher. And that common teacher is the Holy Spirit and that common teacher is a teacher of love. So, and we don't do anything. <laughs> but- one, of the, uh, one of the reasons uh, 
for and Ken would emphasize this too for looking at the doom and gloom part. Why can't I just go to my right mind and and be all happy and stuff? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like not a bad deal. <laughs> however, yeah. however, the whole purpose for the world, from the course's point of view, is is to constantly be be finding the source of pain external to myself. And I just think I'm having a normal day. So what Jesus is trying to get us to do in those 365 workbook lessons is to look how, at how often we judge and pretend we're not judging. How we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop and we're pretending we're not doing that. So part of this process is to wake up to how much pain we're in and we're pretending maybe it ain't so bad. Yeah, I, I notice like as you say that what comes up for me is almost like guilt for me being okay with being on earth and then being happy. <laughs> right. You should be guilty for that, really. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> He's not, you know, if you like taking a walk in the park, take a walk in the park. If you like watching the sunset, you know, if you, if you like whatever, an evening cocktail, that's fine. He's just trying to get us to look at if I'm in ego mode, even if I'm taking a walk in the park, I'm going to be preoccupied with judging somebody. I have to be. I, and I, you know, I won't be present for the park. I won't be present for the sunset if I'm in ego mode. I can't be. I'll be thinking about you know five things with five backup things of who's to blame for my lack of peace. Even if it's so like go back to work or okay whatever it is yeah brush your teeth in the morning with the holy spirit it's a whole different way of brushing your teeth <laughs> he's got a whole different technique that he no i'm teasing but 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 i mean if i'm brushing my teeth with the ego i'm thinking about some kind of judgment and mm -hmm. i'm pretending i'm just brushing my teeth i mean jesus really wants to get us to look at what we call normal ain't normal it's a, this constant ad infinitum ad nauseum search for who's the bad guy mm. and and then pretend i'm not doing that so yeah i mean it is about admitting that i'm the one looking for doom and gloom because when we finally get a hand on that for a lot of us it doesn't happen until you know we're in our uh mid 40s or whatever some people do it younger some but i mean at some point we go what i tried to do ain't working and 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 all of these judgments that I'm making just are, are keeping me stuck. And so we say to, you know, like Bill said to Helen, there must be another way besides all this gossiping we're doing, besides all this judgments we're making. So, you know, if life is fine, you know, keep going until, you know, that's fine. Just you don't have to do that. We don't have to do the course. <laughs> if life is fine, don't don't do the course. <laughs> but when life gets get when we begin to realize how often we're judging and how awful it is and how I don't have I'm totally powerless over letting go of my judgments without help. Then then the course is there waiting. <laughs> mm, thank you. That that's very 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 helpful. Anybody else have? A question? Yeah, I, I would say that um, uh, until happiness or peace becomes a steady state that can't be rocked by anyone or anything, 
Um, it's not the peace and the happiness that A Course in Miracles is talking about. I mean, happiness, uh, and it's okay to be happy. You know, it's okay, as, as Tim was saying, you know, I'm having a happy day, but you know, tomorrow you could have a bad day or, you know, I'm happy most of the time, but there's still, you know, the happiness isn't, the, the course is leading us toward the, the word that is most often used with the course is peace. And what that, what peace means is there's no longer two different thought systems in your mind. You are listening to one voice and one voice only, and that's the Holy Spirit. So when that is the only voice that we hear, we're, we are, um, you know, no longer having a split mind and we're no longer in, in conflict about whose will, <laughs> whose will do we want? You know, God's will is, is our will. So when we get out of the way completely, we discover that uh, we've, we've made way for, for the will of God and it's exactly what we want. And, you know, it, it, and it doesn't have anything to do with anything down here, with, with getting our way. You, usually, um, uh, you know, everything that's coming from the ego is always about me. <laughs> my, it, you know, some version of me, my life, my family, my friends, my race, my nationality, my sports team, and we could go on and on and on. And it only thinks in terms of um, me rather than, as we learned from the Holy Spirit, um, reality is shared. Well, who knew? Who knew that reality was a shared state of mind and the realization that it's, it's, it's eternal and it's shared. And, and there's no end to the sharing of it. And that is through the Holy Spirit. It's not through any, any other means. It's not through anything we do down here with bodies. So it's, it is a big, you know, it's, it's a big leap and it's a, it's a leap, leap of faith, leap of faith. Um, Let's see, where were we? Um, oh, I was, I was doing these little stickies. Um, so we did that one. Um, we did this one and we did this one. So, um, now there's, there's something that we have to remember here. We, we've tended to want to bring the Holy Spirit here or Jesus here to help us with our mistakes, to help us with our problems, to help us uh, with whatever situation that is causing us a, a lack of comfort. But in fact, in this process, our job is to bring, to raise everything up to the Holy Spirit. So in other words, when I invite the Holy Spirit into my relationship, 
any relationship, every relationship. I raise the relationship from here to here. And this is where the relationship is. Uh, those of you that, that have been going through uh, the chapters with us and uh, chapter 17, which was all about uh, turning the relationship over, inviting the Holy Spirit now to become the teacher and guide of the relationship and admitting that we don't know. I mean, if it were up to us, we would destroy every relationship we were ever in if the ego was in charge of the relationship. But in that chapter, we learned that we have invited the Holy Spirit to the relationship. And now the relationship, instead of being between two bodies, is between the Holy Spirit and myself and my brother. So real relationships are, are born up here. Real meaning that um, everything that the ego does in a relationship misuses them in order uh, for ego support, in order to uh, perpetuate specialness, then um, all of those begin to to sort of drain out, they lose their steam, they lose their power in the relationship. And now the relationship has a completely different purpose. It has the Holy Spirit's purpose. So um, true forgiveness is in the hands of the Holy Spirit, real relationships, the real world, anything that's true and real is going to be, um, including the Holy Spirit in it. Um, let me take a look and see if there's anything here. All right, so let's, let's go to the section on forgiveness in the course um, with the Holy Spirit. And that is going to be on page 168. The Holy Spirit's plan of forgiveness. 168 in the text, correct? Yes, yes. All right. So, uh, it, you know, it starts out with atonement is for everyone. Atonement is the recognition that nothing happened. So, again, that would be the Holy Spirit. Nothing, nothing happened. And it's for everyone equally. Oh, the ego hates this. Doesn't like everything for everyone equally. <laughs> oh, but wait a minute. I wanted it just for me. <laughs> nope, it's for everyone. Um, because it is the way to undo the belief that anything is for you alone. We're not alone, we are together or not at all, as the Course says. To forgive is to overlook. That's another word for seeing beyond, overlook, um, going beyond, um, not making the error real, looking past error, all in the idea of not stopping. <laughs> I mean, think how often this happens where there's, there's a, a, somebody makes a mistake 
whoa, they made a mistake and I see it and I recognize it. And he said, don't, don't let your eyes rest on it. Don't make a big deal about it. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit would do. Would simply, the Holy Spirit with you would not make error real, whatever the error is. So in terms of that, uh, in terms of that overlook, Jesus uses overlook a number of times in the course. And, and from a normal traditional point of view, you know, it can sound like, oh, just ignore that he's being a jerk <laughs> and and just go, oh, I'll just see the innocence in him instead. <laughs> and he doesn't mean that. It's not that kind of overlook. Like, don't he, he doesn't mean pretend it's not there and just see something else. What he's talking about, especially in terms of the chart is we rise in our awareness back into this, in, or at least in terms of the chart, into this internal place called the mind. And I'm, I start overlooking from that point of view. And I have a whole different experience where I realize that what my brother did or didn't do, what the other guy did or didn't do has no effect on me at all. It's not the source of my pain. I'm not denying what he did. I'm not denying in time and space, it was pretty inappropriate, but Jesus is gonna show me that's not why I'm upset. Mm -hmm. So that overlook means literally, well, if we're talking about going inside, it means going inside. If you're talking about the chart, it means rising above that situation with Jesus and looking, overlooking, looking back down at that. It doesn't mean denying it. Right. <laughs> you don't, this is not a course in denial. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's what the ego would do. I mean, the ego would would deny it. The the egos the the first response would be that either we're with the Holy Spirit and going through our day with with the Holy Spirit, and in that case, we would just naturally look past it. We just would would not make a big deal out of it. Or if we started to make a big deal about it, we would know we were in ego mode and we need to invite the Holy Spirit. So as soon as, as, soon as I start making a big deal out of it, anything, that's a clue that the ego is in charge. Yeah. All right, so he says here, uh, look then beyond error and do not let your perception rest on it for you will believe what your perception holds. Um, you know, remember in, um, I'm all of a sudden wanting to skip to uh, looking within for a moment, uh, which shows us how we actually see. Um, yeah. I just uh, skip for a minute. Um, I'll be right back though to where we were. Um, you see what you expect and you expect what you invite. Your perception is the result of your invitation coming to you as you sent for it. Whose manifestations would you see? There's the question. Whose manifestation? Do you want to see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit working through you, 
or do you want to see the manifestations of a separated self? And we, we look within first, we decide what we are, who we are, who's doing the looking. And then we look out and we see the evidence of that. If we want to find a problem, we will find it. If we want to find an enemy, we will find it. But we need to make no mistake, if I find an enemy, it's because I wanted to find an enemy. If I find errors in my brother, it's because I have decided I want to see errors in my brother. So it's the law of seeing. We look within first, we decide what we want to see, and then we look out and we see it. Of whose presence do you want to be convinced? Do you want to be convinced of the Holy Spirit? Of course we don't. <laughs> I mean, 90% of the time, we're not wanting to be aware of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're unconscious pretty much, you know, as we go through our days. So these, these are ways to kind of sharpen, I think, our attention um, and, uh, and, and, and help us to, um, you know, fine tune what we're looking for, so to speak. One of the, uh, the really important things, I think, uh, as certainly as a beginner, beginner course students, and then, and then important to remind myself of this, is Jesus is totally redefining forgiveness. Absolutely. It's not, it's not the world's version of forgiveness. The world's version of forgiveness is, are those things that Loom was talking about. I, I, you did something terrible to me, but I'm going to be a great guy and I'm going to let it go. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be nice and, and I'm not going to hold it against you. That's, that's, that's nice. And if that works, you know, do it, but that's not the kind of forgiveness Jesus is talking about. Forgiveness in the course is totally redefined. I mean, we read the course for a long time thinking forgiveness means that kind of thing. I let go of of what you did because I'm going to be, I want to be holy <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> whatever kind of rationalization we have. Forgiveness in the course is I let go of believing you're the source of my pain. In spite of what you did or didn't do, I mean, and physically in time and space, you might have hurt me physically, but that's got nothing to do with my peace of mind. That's why it's called peace of mind. It's not about what my body's gone through. <laughs> it's not about what my personality's gone through. My peace of mind is totally dependent on my choice for the Holy Spirit in any given moment. And no matter what you do or don't do, it won't affect my peace of mind if, if. I'm looking at the situation. I'm overlooking it with the Holy Spirit. However, if I'm in ego mode, I'm going to totally deny I'm in ego mode. I'm going to be looking for trouble. I'm going to totally deny that's what I'm doing, and I'll find trouble, <laughs> and then I'll blame it on you. <laughs> I mean, it's guaranteed. That's what egos do. That's what we do as an ego, and there's only two choices. Either I'm looking for trouble or I'm not. <laughs> If I have peace of mind, there's no reason to look for trouble. So forgiveness is in the course is I let go of believing, step one, that you could hurt me. You could rob me of my peace. 
I, I'm certainly blaming you when I'm in ego mode, but what if that's not true? What if I'm not upset for the reason I think? That's always lesson five. And then what if I'm not upset because I think I threw, you know, internally, I think I chose this dumb teacher called the ego and I must be, you know, a thing from hell to do that. <laughs> no, no, that's all made up. Jesus didn't go anywhere. I let go of believing Jesus went somewhere that he left me because I did this terrible thing. No, he didn't go anywhere. I can't do He's going to keep insisting you can't be this thing that does terrible things. I still love you. Your true innocence. I let go of believing. I let go of believing I could have done something like separate from Jesus, separate from heaven. So first I let go of blaming you and then I let go of blaming me. That's where forgiveness in the course is. It's not not forgiving somebody because they did something terrible. And we keep running back to that definition every time we go back into ego mode. And we're not the ones that forgive ever. <laughs> if we don't invite Jesus into this process, there's no way I can let go of believing that you did something to me. I need Jesus to help show me that you're not the source of my pain. I need Jesus, especially when I go inside, to show me I'm not the source of my pain either. This, this is a real active working relationship <laughs> that we, you know, this is this relationship with Jesus has, has got to become real and active and alive, like any relationship we're having with anybody. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, it's not going to change. We have to redefine forgiveness. Is there anyone um, on the screen that has, has ever had a situation where um, you, you just find it very, very difficult to let go of um, the, the, the slights of others or the unkindness of others? Or is there anybody that hasn't had that? <laughs> That's a better way to ask it, isn't it? Is there anyone that hasn't had that? You know, at, mm. I, I, mean, I went through a divorce and I'm telling you, I would not, I just would not let go. And I just keep circling and circling and cycling and cycling on, you know, what I, what I thought was the, you know, um, horrible, <laughs> outrageous <laughs> um, situation. And, you know, I, I realized now that was many, many years ago. But the fact of the matter was that I did not want to free that other person. I did not want to free them. And um, now it's gotten, it's automatic. <laughs> it's just, every, everything is just automatic. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. I mean, that's the, 
the change in say years of working with the Holy Spirit and realizing that um, the Holy Spirit is is the one that's doing doing the forgiveness and the and the more the more we trust in that, the more we put our faith in that, the more uh, effortless it becomes, and the more natural it's natural to forgive. So why do we hold on? What's that about? Why do we keep finding enemies day after day? Different ones, new ones, a better one. Oh, I, this is a better one. I forget about that one and I'll just focus on this one. You know, what is that about? And, um, you know, unless, um, you know, anyone that doesn't see advantage in releasing others. And that's, that's new. That is a totally new idea in A Course of Miracles, that it is to your advantage and my advantage to free everyone we possibly can as, as, as quickly as we possibly can. That's our work here. But we will not do that if there is a gain to us, an imagined gain to us in keeping that person, uh, not freeing that person. There's an imagined gain in not setting them free. And we have to see what that gain is. If we don't see what that gain is, and it's buried, and it's buried deep. And if we don't see what it is, we won't stop doing it. We'll just, we'll get another one and another one and another one and another one. Because there is a gain to us. And that gain he spoke about in this, in this little book. And you may not have that little book, book but um, I'm going to read a couple of sentences because I think it's important in understanding our, my great need and your great need for forgiveness. To learn what forgiveness truly is. He says, um, to the guilty, there seems to be a real advantage in having enemies. Why? Because that's where we put our guilt. They're our closets, our storekeepers, our preservers of guilt. That's why there's a real advantage in having enemies to the guilty. And this imagined gain must go if enemies are to be set free. We have to see there's no gain at all. I get to keep the same guilt in my mind. I don't get rid of it by putting it on you. I don't get rid of it by putting it in someone else. I get to keep it. Guilt must be given up and not concealed. Nor can this be done without some pain. Well, we know we love to avoid pain. <laughs> This cannot be done without some pain and a glimpse 
of the merciful nature of this step may for some time be followed by retreat into fear. Because we're, we're afraid we're giving up the only place we can hide our guilt, which is in our brothers. What advantage has an illusion of escape ever brought to a prisoner? An illusion of an escape. When we put our guilt in someone else, that is an illusion of escape. We imagined we're free. We're not free. We're not free until we release our brothers through forgiveness. That's I'm never upset for the reason I think. My brother is not the cause of my misery, as Tim has been pointing out. The real escape from guilt can only lie in the recognition that the guilt is gone. So I know some of you may have heard this yesterday. We talked about it. But the only way that you know guilt is gone is that it's gone. You can't find it anymore. <laughs> it's gone in, in, in you. It's gone in me. There's no need to project it. And that's the end of sin. A cause, meaning sin, is the cause of guilt. I'm guilty because I sinned. But a cause without an effect is not a cause. That's how it's actually being undone. The belief in it is being undone. A cause without an effect. Sin without guilt is not a cause. There cannot be sin. So, I mean, this is absolutely brilliant. And how can this be recognized that guilt is gone as long as you hide it in another and do not see it as your own? So this, this bit of seeing, but, but we need not be afraid now of seeing the guilt in ourselves because <laughs> somebody's birthday, <laughs> because we have the Holy Spirit uh, who's doing doing the teaching and the and the forgiving? So um, I think we may be running over a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so I I want to read uh, just a couple of sections from the Holy Spirit's plan, His plan of forgiveness, not mine, not yours, but His plan. I, is it your birthday, Bruce? Happy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Happy birthday, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I was I was I was thinking about you were talking about the projection of guilt. I was thinking it's kind of like a nuclear waste facility, you know? <laughs> it, it, the ego basically takes takes the, you know all the stuff that it doesn't want and it's like, well, we'll bury it here and, and it, it'll it'll be fine, right? But you know, the Holy Spirit says, No, I got this rocket. We'll just we'll just, you know, take it to the sun. Bring it to the light. <laughs> and, you know, the sun's, the sun's already a nuclear facility. It's not going to hurt anything, right? <laughs> it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll dissolve there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. just for, yeah. for what that metaphor is worth. Yeah. yeah. You know, and to notice it. Yeah, I'm doing it again. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for the bad guys, as Tim says. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm looking for trouble. I'm looking for the bad guys. Mm -hmm. 
I, I've heard guilt called a lot of things, but never nuclear waste. <laughs> That's good. That's what happens on your birthday. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, the ego has a plan of forgiveness, of course, um, because we're asking for one, but we're asking the wrong teacher. We're asking the ego to be the teacher of forgiveness. And the ego's plan makes no sense, will not work. By following its plan, you merely place yourself in an impossible situation to which the ego leads you. The ego's plan is to have you see the error. Oh boy, let's find the error, <laughs> find the mistake, find what's wrong, to see the error clearly first and then overlook it. That's the same thing as seeing sin and then forgiving it. With this plan, with the Holy Spirit, we, we see with the Holy Spirit's eyes. We don't make the error real. So, you know, we're all learning that the Holy Spirit is the way out of here. The Holy Spirit is our guide, our teacher, our comforter, our companion, our, 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 our wisdom, our, uh, you name it. The Holy Spirit is everything. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is what we are. Nothing but spirit, Holy Spirit. That's what we are, natural. So, it, it, you know, it, it's not some big, science project. This is, this is a, a natural step that we're taking here, a natural course that we're taking. Uh, yet, can how, how can you overlook what you've made real? Um, sentence six, paragraph four, by seeing it clearly, you've made it real and you cannot overlook it. Then skip down uh, to paragraph five, Sentence three, forgiveness through the Holy Spirit lies simply in looking beyond error from the beginning and thus keeping it unreal for you. This is a whole different ballgame, keeping it unreal for you. Do not let any belief in its realness enter your mind or you will also believe that you must undo what you have made in order to be forgiven. You need to do it. What has no effect does not exist. And to the Holy Spirit, the effects of error are non-existent. By steadily and consistently, canceling out all its effects everywhere and in all respects. He teaches that the ego does not exist and proves it. The ego has no voice, has no voice at all, but we're the ones that have to cancel it out by our choice, by our single choice. And then down to paragraph six, if you want to know if the Holy Spirit is um, uh, working through you, 
if you're opening and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you. Miracles are the indications. Sentence three, paragraph six, miracles are merely the sign of your willingness to follow the Holy Spirit's plan of salvation, recognizing that you do not understand what it is. His work is not your function. And unless you accept this, you cannot learn what your function is. One of the, uh, one of the reasons why we spend so much time with the chart, we're talking about the mind, <laughs> we're talking about what the Holy Spirit's job really is, we're talking about what a miracle is, what a miracle isn't, is that, kind of frame this, this is really a course about forgiveness and Jesus's kind of forgiveness. But this is the first place in the course where he starts talking about forgiveness. The first eight chapters, eight and a half chapters, he's laid down the framework for the metaphysics. He's, he's defined a miracle as a shift in perception, has nothing to do with parting the Red Sea. It's when I can see holiness instead of sin in you and me, when I can see holiness in you and I can see holiness in me, that's the miracle. And so he, he's laid out, he's defined a miracle from his point of view. He's defined atonement. He's defined the whole chart thingy in, in all kinds of ways. And then he doesn't even talk about what forgiveness is till chapter nine. So I just to kind of frame that. I mean, that's why we, that's, I mean, we, we kind of take his lead and we harp on <laughs> the metaphysics too, a lot, you know, and, and just what is this thing called the mind? And what is the role of the mind in all of this? And what is projection? All of these things have been talked about prior to this discussion of forgiveness. So if you don't understand his definition of forgiveness yet, that's fine. That's normal. <laughs> you kind of have to get a pretty, pretty solid handle on his metaphysics before this idea of what his forgiveness is begins to sink in. All right, I'm gonna close with the very last two paragraphs of what is forgiveness? <laughs> the course's uh, explanation, definition of forgiveness. It's on page 401 in the workbook. What is forgiveness? He's just spoken about unforgiveness and how it's uh, thrashing about uh, attempting to smash reality. And then he says, forgiveness on the other hand is still and quietly does nothing. It offends no aspect of reality, nor does it seek to twist appearances to what it likes. It merely looks and waits and judges not. He who would not forgive must judge, for he must justify his failure to forgive. But he who would forgive himself 
must learn to welcome truth exactly as it is. Do nothing then, do nothing then, and let forgiveness show you what to do. Through him, the Holy Spirit, who is your guide, your savior and protector, strong in hope and certain of your ultimate success, he has forgiven you already, for such is his function given him by God. Now must you share his function and forgive whom he has saved, whose sinlessness he sees and whom he honors as the son of God. Do nothing then, and remember, let forgiveness show you what to do and make it perfectly, perfectly clear. Thank you so much. Thank you for hanging in there today with, with, with this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday, Bruce. Bruce. Happy birthday, Bruce. Thank you. 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 Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Thank you, folks. Mm-hmm.